What had Mary's call been first? I mean, back before Gabriel crashes onto the scene. Maybe it was only a few years earlier, but I imagine it now feels like ages ago. Yes, she is young, but the reality is that even at her age, Mary would already have been taking on significant responsibility, taking on more and more mature roles. After all, she's engaged. She's preparing to start her life as a grown-up, as a partner, even as she's still a teenager, likely a young one. All this says to me that Mary has a clear sense of where her life is heading and what she is called to do in it. Likely raise a family, but presumably a more typical one. Maybe she has plans to connect with neighbors, collaborate on the necessary work of life in community. I imagine ways she might stretch to add joy and weave beauty into her days. It may not be a flashy call that she has understood so far, as I imagine it, but it is a good one. And then everything is turned inside out. We know this. We've heard it so many times that we expect it. But back up with me. Back up to that moment, not when Gabriel arrives, which is alarming enough, but when he announces a new call for Mary. This, quite simply, is not the plan. This is not the life she has chosen. This is not the role she has signed up for. And maybe even more strikingly, up until this point, it's not what she had understood God's call to be for her. She had heard that call and responded, and it was far more humble. But here's Gabriel showing up with wonder and mystery and, frankly, terror, offering new information. God is delighted with her, Mary learns. And with that favor comes a huge ask, a wild turn in the plans. She is not just to be any mother, a good and worthy call in itself. She is asked to bear God into the world and then to raise the Messiah, teach him and then learn with him, accompany him through it all, come what may. How can Mary actually say yes to this? I mean, really, it is an unbelievable call, a staggering announcement and a, a mind-boggling request, far more than our text allows, remarking that she is perplexed, that she ponders these words. Realistically, 
I think this is the kind of request that most of us turn and run away from as fast as we possibly can. Or at least that we dodge for a long, long time while we try to wrap our heads around just what it might mean for us. What we would have to give up. What we would have to learn. And here, in Mary, we see a totally different kind of bravery. A courage with which she gathers her whole heart to stand before this fearful proposition and say yes. She says yes, and what's more, she sings. As this Gospel of Luke continues, we hear her sing out her prophecy of liberation and justice, the Magnificat, a song that still echoes through our broken world. This, this yes of hers and this song that follows, they are an amazing response. How? How can she do this? No doubt there are many possible explanations. But the thought I keep returning to is that she must have practiced for this. That Mary must have readied herself to listen for God in her life. That she must have prepared to be surprised by the holy. I don't know what this might have looked like, what shape this discipline might have taken for her. But just as I believe she would have already perceived a call for how her life was to unfold well before the Annunciation, I have a hunch that Mary welcomed surprises, that she opened herself up to the unexpected as a way of being. She was ready to hear this invitation because she had been practicing this kind of listening. The truly wild thing is that these requests come still, now, to us. With different content, sure, I don't expect any of us will be asked to give birth to the Messiah anytime soon. And still these surprises come, these holy requests of us that we could not have imagined, that maybe we don't want, and that honestly we're not sure how we can live out. Maybe to a new kind of work, or towards reconciliation in a broken relationship. Maybe it's a call to run with a gift that has long been sidelined or to finally get help in becoming sober. Or maybe it's a call to simply listen, to really listen and see what comes forth. God's call comes to us still. The question is, will we be able to hear these calls? And will we be able to respond? This upended time of sheltering in place is 
I think, rife with possibility for just exactly this, for listening in a new way and responding accordingly. Just look to the birds who are showing us how. I read recently that something almost unbelievable, something thought to be all but impossible, has been witnessed in San Francisco. It has to do with how the sparrows are singing. Ornithologists have discovered that white-crowned sparrows have begun singing more softly, using a, a lower register and a more complicated trill, all since the city has grown quieter with the pandemic. It's a song that the sparrows couldn't use over the normal din of traffic. They simply wouldn't have been heard. But it carries now, quiet and complex. What's incredible is that this song hasn't been heard here since the 1950s. Lost through generations and generations and generations of these sparrows, this song could still be called forth from them again, maybe to their surprise as much as ours. The same might be possible for us. In truth, I see it already. There is opportunity in this strange land, the, the chance to respond in a new way, to sing a new song, to follow this incarnate God with more courage. The call still comes. It comes in a pandemic. It comes when we're apart. It comes often as a wild and frightening surprise. My hope for us is that, like Mary, we can practice opening ourselves to listen and really consider the call and respond. And my hope is that, like these utterly common sparrows, we may be surprised by what's come to us and learn how to sing right where we are.